The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium melodic gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. It's an epistolary story told through voicemails. It's like a warm bath or a plate of brownies. It's here. It's queer. We love it. We're talking about love and luck right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and joining me is Elena Fernandez-Collins, a linguist and reviewer with the Bello Collective. What's up, Ellie? Not much, David. What's up with you? Uh, talking with you, and then Jillian and I are going to make some soap later. Soap is nice. So, Ellie, okay, so we've been chatting on the Interblab for a while now. How did you first get into listening to and reviewing audio dramas. Do you remember the first one you listened to? I remember the first audio drama I ever listened to. It was Wormwood. And uh, when I listened to it, it had already finished. It's a really long, like, epic, supernatural thing. But I didn't start reviewing until last year when I came off of private on Twitter specifically to talk to creators. Cool. Because, I mean, what you do during the day involves a lot of listening, right? Like, most of your graduate research revol- involves, like, transcribing things, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I have a bunch of recordings that I did for my research, and I have to transcribe all of them up to a certain standard. And so I spend a lot of time attached to headphones. <laughs> and so did you just start listening to audio dramas to, like, cool down from transcription? Yeah, that was that was part of it. I used it so that I could actually have something that was truly engaging and not something that I had you know, done personally. And so I knew what was happening and re-listening to all the time. And in another sense, I started listening to audio drama so that I could sort of escape. It was a good escape like fiction usually is. So Ellie, the reason I brought you on to co-host this episode with me is because you are, first of all, you are a a, a stupendous vector for discovery. (laughs) Like you are, you are usually the first person I know that is making me aware of new podcasts, new audio fiction podcasts. But specifically, you're the person who introduced me to Love and Luck. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about what what speaks to you about it and why you love it. So Love and Luck was the serendipitous discovery that I had uh, when I found it. At first, I immediately fell in love with it because it was cute and it was happy. And every time that I was worried that things would, would go horribly wrong, Because that's what I expect from romance stories these days. They didn't go wrong. They had really good communication. They talked to each other. You know, they didn't have these convoluted assumptions that you get from a lot of, you know, rom-coms or romances. Yeah, I guess before we go any further, we should probably say, what's the thing we're playing today? What is Love and Luck about? (laughs) Love and Luck is a story about... Two men, two queer men, who fall in love. And it's told through the voicemails that they leave for each other. And it's also about them becoming a huge part of their queer community in Melbourne, Australia. 
and how they want to help the queer community flourish and grow. And there's also, we're, we're going to play the first three episodes and something that begins to emerge through the course of the first season and not in the bits that we're going to play you is this fantasy element. I don't know. Should I say this? Should I say it? Yeah. So when they produce their show, they say that it's a show about queer romance and that it has a little bit of fantasy in it. Just a touch. Yeah. As as the, the two characters develop their relationship, they begin to develop magical abilities. And maybe we should save this for the after chat, but I, wa- I want to talk to you about what you think that like means if it represents anything to you yeah oh it absolutely does but also uh i view it a lot through the lens of the like backstory that i know about love and luck so aaron kyan who is one of the co-creators started writing love and luck both as stress relief and as a queer power fantasy where you know queer romance was loved and was put in a wonderful positive light and where people who are homophobic are either rehabilitated or punished. And the implementation of these magical abilities speaks to me a lot about what it is the queer community could do for each other and needs to do for each other in order to not just be safe, but prosper. Yeah, it's all about, you know, caring for the queer community and in all of its forms and all of its needs no matter what, right? Because they're really focused on accessibility and integration and intersectionality. Yeah, it's such a thoughtful show. Yes, it is. Love and Luck has made me cry, but in a good way. Do you want to read us in on the first episode? Sure. So on this first episode, first date, Kane and Jason go on their first few dates and get a feel for each other. They keep missing each other's calls, but that turns out to be okay since they're both just as bad at taking their phones off silent as each other. You've reached the Love and Luck podcast. Hi, it's Kane. I just wanted to say I had a lot of fun last night, and I'd like to do it again if you can. Give me a call back if you are, and we'll see if we can find a good time. Hey, Jason here. Sorry I missed your call. I had a really good time too, and I'd definitely like to see you again. You ever go to the Greyhound Hotel? It's a gay pub-slash-nightclub in St Kilda. There's a drag show tomorrow, which is always amazing, as well as good tunes and dancing. Maybe I'll see you there? Hey, it's Kane again. Looks like I missed you again. I haven't been to the Greyhound, but it sounds like it could be fun, so I'll give it a shot. I'll see you there. Hi Jason, it's Kane. I just wanted to say, normally clubbing really isn't my thing, but I actually had a lot of fun last night. Thanks for showing me such a good time. Hey, it's Jason, playing phone tag with you again. We're clearly very bad at actually answering our phones. Anyway, I had a really good time last night too, and you're a lot of fun to be around. To the point I'm kind of surprised to hear that clubbing isn't normally your thing, because you definitely kept up with the best of us. You can pick what we do next time though. That seems only fair. 
I mean, if you'd like to hang out again sometime, obviously. If you don't want to, then don't worry about it. I won't take it personally. I'm not, like, assuming that we'll be going out again. I don't want to pressure you or anything. Don't feel, like, obligated or whatever. Hey, so those last voicemails were weird. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'd like to see you again, if you'd like that too. Yeah. Hey, it's Kane. You're pretty cute when you're flustered, you know. And yeah, I'd love to hang out again. How about something a little more one-on-one this time? Coffee and cake sound good? Hey, uh, it's me again. Yeah, coffee and cake sounds really good. I'm free, like, all tomorrow and the next day. So just text me the details and I'll see you then. Hey, sorry if I'm, like, too enthusiastic about calling after we see each other. Like, I know so far it's always me that calls first the very next day after, usually in the morning. And here I am doing that again. Right now. Uh, yeah. But, you know, in my defense, you're cute and I really like being around you. So, yeah. Yesterday was really nice and I'd like to see you again if you're up for it. Shit, I'm so sorry I keep missing your calls. It's 100% on me. I don't get up till, like, after midday and... My phone's always on silent, and yeah, I suck. I'm sorry. I would really like to see you again, though, so we should do that. Hey, it's me. Don't worry about missing calls. My phone's always on silent, too. I mean, you may have noticed that you had to leave a message for me when you returned that call. Besides, I've kind of started looking forward to getting your voicemails. Which is probably the weirdest thing anyone has ever experienced. I mean, who gets excited about voicemails? Most people don't even listen to or leave them, let alone look forward to them. But, well, I like your voice, and I like hearing from you. So I look forward to voicemails, like some kind of bizarre cryptid. So anyway, my point is, don't feel bad about missing my calls. It just gives you a reason to call me back, and if you miss me too... Leave me a message. Apparently, I like that. Oh, I forgot to say, how do you feel about the traditional dinner and a movie next time? The Queer Film Festival starts in a couple of days, and there's bound to be a lot of interesting and relevant stuff on then. And we can always after-party if we go to a big enough showing. I know you love your parties. Hell, maybe opening night? The film festival sounds like a great idea. I've always meant to go to opening night, but never gotten around to it before, so I'm definitely on board. You want to just buy the ticks and I'll pay you back? Or I can pay for dinner, if you'd rather split it that way. Also, I know what you mean about the voicemails. Whenever I get the text saying I have a voicemail, I get this stupid grin on my face. Because I'm hoping that it's you. Hey, I emailed you the tickets for tomorrow night. I'm down with you buying me dinner in return too. Where do you want to go for it? There's a couple of good places nearby, depending on what you're into. 
My favourite tapas place is nearby, although it's difficult to get into on short notice, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find somewhere. How about we just meet at Fed Square at like 7 and decide where to go from there? Hey, yeah, cool. That's a good idea. I'll see you tomorrow at Fed Square then. I'm really looking forward to it. Love and Luck is written by Erin Kian and produced by Pasa Volpez Productions. Kane is voiced by Lee Davis Thalborn. Jason is voiced by Erin Kian. Credits spoken by Rosalind Quinn. Recorded by Kermie Braden. The Greyhound Hotel was a real St. Kilda gay and drag venue, though sadly it is closed since the writing of this episode. For more information about Love and Luck, check out our website, loveandluckpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook as Love and Luck Podcast and follow us on Twitter at at Love Luck Podcast. So this is episode two, Flustering Flustertash. Jason and Kane spend time together and grow closer and a slip of the tongue reveals Jason's feelings, which he doesn't handle in the best manner. Fortunately, it's nothing some honest communication can't fix. You've reached the Love and Luck Podcast. Hey, it's Jason. I told you I'd be the first one to call after our date this time. I had such a good time last night. You know... I never actually did the whole making out at the movies thing as a teenager, probably from being the only gay in the village when I lived in the sticks, but anyway, now I seriously think I was missing out. It was a good cherry to pop with you, though. You're a really good kisser, in case I haven't already told you that. A lot of guys get overexcited, and it feels a bit like they're trying to eat me, but you take it slow and you sort of wade into it rather than throwing yourself into it all at once. And that's a huge turn-on, actually. Like, every time you kiss me, I want more because you, like, draw me in rather than push against me. It's intense and soft at the same time. I love it. I want to do a lot more of it. Wow, I... hmm. I'd love to leave some kind of smooth and sexy messenger reply to that, but honestly, I'm just... Yeah, we should do more kissing. Definitely. Oh my god, Jason. I just went to listen to that voicemail again, and apparently you left it at four o'clock in the morning? What the hell? Hey. I stay up late a lot, what can I say? And you were on my mind, while I was staying up late, thinking about you. You, and your kissing, and your body, which is amazing, by the way, and you should show it off more. Hey, I know, there's an underwear party coming up at the lead this Monday. Wanna go with me? Oh, jeez. 
I don't know if I feel brave enough for an underwear party. Cis queer guys can get a little weird about guys like me being around in situations like that. Even if I was brave enough though, I can't really do Monday. I'll be exhausted from work and I'm probably just going to want to blob on the couch and watch Netflix. I could do a casual relaxing Monday thing, or I could do a party on the Saturday before if either of those options work for you. Or we could do both if you wanted to stay over on Saturday with me. Hell, you can stay over all weekend if you like. I mean, you don't have to do that, like stay with me all weekend. I mean, I'm definitely okay with just the Saturday or Monday night. It was just an idea. Whatever works for you is fine. Hey, I'd love to spend the weekend with you. That sounds really, really nice. Just let me know what time to come around on Saturday. Hey, it's me. Are you sure you're okay to spend that much time with me? I mean, I'm a real homebody, and I know you're into much more active and wilder stuff. I don't want you to get bored with me or something. I don't know. Hey, I definitely want to spend that much time with you. I don't think I'll get bored. I kind of like the quiet moments with you. Look, I know we only met to hook up, but, like, I'm really into you. I mean... You're right, we're totally different. You're not the sort of guy I'd have gone looking for in a boyfriend, but you know what? I think that's kind of good in a way. I've dated some real assholes, you know? So I clearly don't know what's best for me. You know what I mean? But you feel good for me. I feel good when I'm with you. I feel like we balance each other out. Plus, you're like, Really hot. Uh, hey, it's me again. Look, I didn't mean to say that we're boyfriends, you know? I mean, we haven't talked about that. That word hasn't come up. And that's fine. I mean, it's fine that it hasn't come up. It's also fine if you don't want to be boyfriends. We can just keep things, like, cool and casual. We don't have to do, like, the relationship thing if that's not your thing, you know? Like, whatever you want, or think, or whatever, is totally fine. No pressure here. Like, I'm kind of sorry I even said that now. I didn't mean to sound, like, clingy, or whatever. So, like, yeah, uh, sorry for saying boyfriend. I mean, even though I didn't actually call you my boyfriend, I just said that I wouldn't have looked at a guy like you for a boyfriend. Which, that sounds bad. That's not... What I mean to say is, it's not like you'd be a bad boyfriend. I mean, I'm not saying we couldn't be boyfriends. Like, I'm not saying you're not boyfriend material or something, you know? Because you totally are boyfriend material. Like, seriously. But, I mean, not unless you want to be, you know? So, uh, don't feel pressured, you know? Either way, I definitely didn't mean to say boyfriend. Unless you do actually want to be boyfriends. In which case, like... We can totally talk about that. But don't feel like, you know, I'm necessarily looking for that. I'm totally cool with keeping things casual or not or whatever. Fuck, stop talking. Hey, so that last voicemail was kind of confusing. 
I'm not really clear on whether you're trying to say that you want to be my boyfriend, or if you're trying to say that you definitely don't want to be my boyfriend. So, uh, you know, asking directly, do you want to be boyfriends? Hey, it's Kane. Um, I didn't hear back from you yesterday, and I'm just wondering if I did or said something wrong, or if you're just not interested in hanging out anymore. It's totally fine either way, I'd just like to know. And if I did do something wrong, I'm really sorry. Hey Kane, it's Jason. Sorry for everything. The weird voicemails and then not getting back to you. I'm really sorry for disappearing like that. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm the dickhead. I kind of freaked out, and instead of being a grown-up about it and dealing with it, I just kind of withdrew and avoided the whole thing. I... I won't do that again. I'm really sorry. I would still really like to come over on Friday, if that's okay. I totally get it if this has kind of soured you on me, though. Yeah. Let me know. Hey, I'm really glad you're okay and not mad at me. I'd still really like you to come over on Friday. We can talk about whatever it is that's freaking you out, yeah? Figure out some way of dealing with it. I'll let you know when my shift finishes exactly, and maybe we can meet after work and go home together. Hey, yeah, that sounds really good. Also... Yes, I would like to be your boyfriend. Hey, I'd like to be your boyfriend too. See you on Friday. Love and Luck is written by Erin Kian and produced by Paso Volpez Productions. Kane is voiced by Lee Davis Thalborn. Jason is voiced by Erin Kian. Credits spoken by Rosalind Quinn. Recorded by Kermie Braden. The Laird Hotel is a real men's-only gay pub in Abbotsford, Melbourne. It is the longest-running men's-only gay hotel in Australia. You can check them out at lairdhotel.com. And yes, the first Monday of every month is the underwear party. For more information about Love and Luck, check out our website, loveandluckpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook as Love and Luck Podcast and follow us on Twitter at at Love Luck Podcast. This is episode three, officially boyfriends. Kane and Jason have started not even picking up each other's calls and waiting for a voicemail delivery instead. It's weird, but they're enjoying themselves and that's what's important. You've reached the Love and Luck Podcast. Hey, boyfriend. Since we're boyfriends now. So, I just wanted to tell you, that was definitely the best weekend of my life. 
I'm only sorry we had to end it so we could go back to work. Hope you have a good day today. Also, I still can't believe you hadn't seen Priscilla. What kind of gay are you? You're lucky I showed it to you in time. Otherwise, someone would have to confiscate your gay card. And then what will we do? Oh my god. I know, right? Now that I have seen Priscilla, I'm as astounded as you are. You'd think that would have been some formative shit for me. Although... I think if I'd seen it as a kid, my parents would have blamed it for making me queer. So maybe it's better this way, since I get to see it with my cute bear boyfriend, and thus there's no negative associations. Also, this is probably weird, but do you know I intentionally didn't pick up your call just before? I wanted to listen to your voicemail instead. I feel like... I feel about your voicemails the same way I feel about getting parcels in the mail. It's like receiving an old-school love letter or something. I really like it. I really like you. Hey, I really like you too. I know exactly what you mean about the voicemails. Love letters are a good comparison, I think. The way I feel when I see the voicemail notification is definitely the same way I felt about getting notes from crushes in high school. You got notes from crushes in high school? That's adorable! I bet you were popular. Did you get notes from boys and girls? Did you ever write back? I need to know more about Kane the high school heartbreaker. Please leave me a message with... All the details. I don't know what details you're after here. Yes, I got notes from boys and girls, and yes, I wrote back sometimes. I wasn't really popular, just average, I think. I think maybe our school just had a romance with romance, you know? (sighs) Kane, the teenage dreamboat. I am definitely going to pester you for more details about this at some point. I didn't really date much as a teenager, so I'm just going to live vicariously through your awkward stories, okay? Also, I think every high school has a romance with romance. There isn't a high enough percentage of asexuals in the population to stop that being the case. Hmm, I suppose that's true. Teenagers do tend to have a lot of feelings. Considering we've stopped using voicemails purely as hey, call me back messages, it does make me wonder how we're going to deal with it if we actually need to talk to each other over the phone. I guess we could text first. Or, well, I guess we could always say straight up in a voicemail that we need a call back, since that's kind of what voicemails were originally made for. I suppose that would be the logical answer, apparent to people who don't overthink things like I do. Anyway, I should get back to work. Talk to you later. Good to see you eventually came up with a solution to that terrible problem. So, text first, or request a callback in case of an emergency. Got it. Although, let's not have any emergencies. The only emergencies I'm allowing are party emergencies, where the emergency is that we have to party. Those 
I will allow. Party emergencies, huh? Eh, a party emergency isn't likely to come from my end. I'm more likely to have a I desperately need cake emergency. So I guess you'll have to keep an eye out for any cake texts from me instead. Maybe the two emergencies will coincide sometime. Who knows? So, what you're telling me is that if I bring you cake, you'll come out clubbing with me again. Because, frankly, you're hot, and I want to show you off to, like, the entire gay community. Maybe hold up a sign that's just like, That's right, fuckos, he's mine! Hey, so... I'm not sure about the sign, but if you bring me cake, I will definitely go clubbing with you. But not too late, okay? I turn into a pumpkin at midnight. I'm like Cinderella. Or Sinberella. Ha! That was fucking terrible, and you're fucking terrible. You're lucky I like you. Text me with what kind of cake you want. Love and Luck is written by Erin Kian and produced by Paso Volpez Productions. Kane is voiced by Lee Davis Thelborn. Jason is voiced by Erin Kian. Credits spoken by Rosalind Quinn. Recorded by Kermie Braden. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a real Australian film about drag queens and road trips. For more information about Love and Luck, check out our website, loveandluckpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook as Love and Luck Podcast and follow us on Twitter at, at Love Luck Podcast. So, Ellie, that was really cute, first of all. Thank you. I, I hear about a podcast like Love and Luck and I assume like, oh, you know, the way it was initially described, like there's not going to be any conflict. And that's not true at all. It just doesn't take the form of this like trauma-based conflict that I think we're conditioned to expect in queer narratives. You're completely correct. What are some of the narratives that like you are used to seeing, you're tired of seeing? How does Love and Luck avoid them? Love and Luck is a purposeful, direct subversion of the bury your gaze trope. They even talk about it on their website. They are there to have a queer story where nobody dies, and it's a promise. Nice. What, what is the bury your gaze trope? The barrier gaze trope is this event that happens a lot in media where there is a gay or a queer character where they end up dying. That's what they are there for. They are there to create sadness. They are there to create grief. They are not there to be a character. They're there to just be a grief engine. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think a corollary of this is that very few queer relationships survive a plot. Yes. Like you might have a, a a queer protagonist and they might pick up a partner, but that partner only exists in many cases to die horribly and therefore like motivate the original character further. Yeah. And it's really frustrating to witness repeatedly. What does it mean to you to encounter a, a piece of media like this that says up front, like, we're not going to do that to you? 
it is not just touching and important, but it makes me feel seen. I am queer, just to make that very clear. I'm here and I'm queer. (laughs) (laughs) And to listen to this romance and to know that no one is going to die and be used in that manner makes me feel not used. And it's very uplifting. As someone who's like on the outside of that community, like I, I can't I can't even I can empathize, but I, I don't know that I can even feel the the fullness of that. But even getting like the faintest like trace amounts of that representation, like what that representation means to you, like it floors me as like a cis straight dude. I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> it, it's just so not something I've seen before or encountered before in media. You know, maybe maybe in in very limited cases. But I, I really think that podcasts like Love and Luck answer the promise and potential of what audio fiction podcasting represents, which is that anyone can make fiction and tell their stories in a way that is meaningful to them. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> it's so wonderful to know that this is an example, a beautiful example of what it is that we can achieve for diverse representation that doesn't rely on tropes or stereotypes. So Jillian and I saw Black Panther and a similar thing happened when we saw Black Panther as when we saw Wonder Woman, which is that like Jillian got very sad and I, I asked her why. And she said like this just opens up like such a huge gulf of like all the the unspent possibilities And, like, for as long as we've been alive, there hasn't been something like this. And, like, all the things that we weren't exposed to because things like this didn't exist earlier. It was, like, both wonderful and, like, terribly sad. Yeah. Jillian is right on the money there. When I saw Black Panther, I cried a whole bunch. And when I listened to Love and Luck, I I cry a whole bunch. But I think, I mean... I mean, I don't, I don't mean to get all up inside your tear ducts, but like, do you cry for what is, but also for what can be? Not just like wistfully what could be and what isn't, but also like what could exist because of this? Yeah. I, I think about when I was growing up, I think about what I could have had, but then I think about, you know, other people who are growing up in the community and what they could have now, what they can have, what they hopefully will have. And it's, It's a heavy thing to realize, but in kind of a positive way where you're realizing that this community didn't have that, but now we have the tools and we have the media coming out and we have, you know, the strength and the willpower to do it. Not that we didn't before, to be clear, but that it's cheaper, it's more accessible, and also we have fewer power structures standing in the way, right? Yeah, I don't think this was an issue of like, oh, people in the past should have tried harder. That's obvious BS. Like that I, that's not what I'm talking about at all. But I'm saying that right now the the work of previous generations has brought us to this point where distribution does not require the same amount of gatekeeping. Yes, and it's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I say that I guess as a gatekeeper. I guess that's technically what this program is. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Ellie Stand on the gate, grab hold, swing it wide. We're doing it. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So you were telling me earlier that one of the things you love about Love and Luck is the show's commitment to accessibility. Can you say more about that? Certainly, David. I have a huge 
love for any podcast anywhere that commits to accessibility for its deaf or hard of hearing audiences. The creators of Love and Luck have captioned videos on YouTube under Love and Luck podcast in order to provide the best experience for people who are deaf, hard of hearing, or with auditory processing issues. And it's a lot of work, but it's so worth it. Yeah, I gotta get on that, huh? (laughs) Transcripts are also really great. Love and Luck just captions the transcripts onto YouTube so that you can listen along and have it happen in time. But, you know, there are a lot of podcasts, especially in in audio drama, that do provide transcripts like Bright Sessions and Ars Paradoxica come to mind. Yeah, they're very good about it. Greater Boston also yep. mm-hmm. uh, transcribes, our first city transcribes their episodes. Yep. And it's it's a lot of work, especially for interview podcasts. Yes. Yes. That's okay. Hold me to the fire. I get it. <laughs> I, can, I can take the heat. No, it's okay. Uh, there are a lot of places where you can go to to ask someone to transcribe for you. Oh. I can send you links. There are places that work with budgets. Yes, please. Ellie, where can the good people find you on those internets? You can find my reviews and my critiques at The Bellow Collective or on Medium under Elena Fernandez Collins. And starting March 12th, you can also find my newsletter at tinyletter.com slash audiodramatic. Oh, I'm so subscribed. I'm so ready. <laughs> can we get like a little preview of what's going to be in, in the first issue? Yes. Recently, there have been a lot of discussions on Twitter about paywalled podcasts, especially considering that, for instance, Wolverine is coming out, I don't know, soon. Oh, is that going to be paywalled? Yeah, for at first. It, it's going to be not paywalled in the very nebulous area of fall 2018. Okay. I... We'll be joining the discussion on paywalled podcasts in my first newsletter. Awesome. Thank you for joining me as co-host today. Yay! Uh, so if you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter. We are at Radiodrama. And if you like what you heard today, support Love and Luck by subscribing, rating, and reviewing their podcast and following along with their social media presence. They just concluded a Kickstarter campaign for their second season, so stay tuned for more of this delightful and adorable show. And now, it's time for some credits. Our theme music is Danger Digidoo by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer is Matthew Boudreau. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen. Heather Cohen and Monique Boudreau are our researchers. Our executive producer is Fred Greenhouse. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. And I'm your guest host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. And this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. You've got the mic. You have the power. Yeah. I'm doing a little like air punching dance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. The all new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. 
The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and lead gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease.